Welcome to Motherhood Makeover Podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Faust, mom of two boys and certified nutrition coach and personal trainer. I help busy and overwhelmed moms, is that you? Make self-care simple by focusing on the five foundations of health and wellness so that you can feel your best and love who you see in the mirror. All right, today's episode, I have Mary Zargarian on. She's also known as Mindset Mary, and I think you're really going to love this one, especially, I think, I can just probably guess that you struggle with mom guilt in comparison at some point or multiple times throughout the year, so this is going to be a good one for you. She talks all about how we can work through mom guilt in comparison to really give yourself that joy and peace that you're looking for in your life. And just a little bit about Mary. She is the empowerment coach that ambitious women need when you're ready to separate from your busy self so you can live a more vibrant and and full version of your life. Mary uses simple systems and mindset work to help heart-centered women overcome overwhelm so you can call in more confidence, freedom, and abundance. And if that sounds like something you want and or you just want to hear more of Mary, she also has her own podcast called Mind Your Energy. And I will also link that in the show notes and where you can find her. So enjoy. Awesome. Welcome to another episode of Motherhood Makeover. Today is another interview. I'm so, so excited to have Mary Zargarian on the show with us today. And it's kind of funny. I was on her podcast almost a year ago. I feel like it was August a year ago. So it's kind of funny that it's come full circle because being on her podcast is what inspired me to start my own. And here we are. Now she's joining us. So welcome, Mary. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Thank you, Kristen. And I don't know if you could hear that in the audio background, but I had a huge smile. I didn't realize that being on my podcast was kind of the catalyst for this coming together. So that makes me happy. Um, well, I am Mary Zargarian. I'm an empowerment coach for women. I think a year ago when you and I worked together, I was still focused primarily on working mothers. And so I'm still extremely passionate about that topic and working mothers can take many shapes and forms. We can talk about that definitely in this episode, but now I I've broadened it a little bit to be an empowerment coach for women, helping women at every stage, not just in motherhood recognize the power that they have in being uniquely and amazing at who they are, what they want to do, pursue their dreams. You don't have to put that off because all of a sudden you have all of these roles that you have in life and expectations on you. Um, yeah, I, I just believe that we have so much power in choice and I'm there to be your biggest cheerleader to root you on and help you help you make it happen. Yeah. Awesome. And I'm excited because today we're going to talk about mom guilt in comparison. And I just feel like I need to hear some little good tidbits on this because I myself, even though I'm aware of it, still struggle with mom guilt in comparison weekly, if not daily. So yeah. where would you like to start? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so many places. I know. I still struggle with it. I have, how old are your boys now? Uh, one and two and a half. One and two and a half. Mine's four and a half going on. I feel like sometimes going on 15. <laughs> He's hit like a whole new level all this weekend. Um, but I still face mom guilt too. And I just stepped away from my corporate job. Like I'm 
home full-time as a full-time mompreneur. (laughs) Um, And I still, he has so much more time of mine and my attention than he ever has. And I still face mom guilt. So for anyone listening right now, if you're struggling with mom guilt, everyone faces it at least at some point. And it's interesting because you, if you look it up, yeah, you can find information all over Google about it, but it's not actually in the dictionary. Mom guilt is not a thing, but every single mother, doesn't matter where you are in the world, what culture, what background you have, everyone knows what that term means, right? As soon as you hear the phrase mom guilt, you all of a sudden internalize it. You like have taken yourself back into a memory where you felt this, this guilt and this pressure and this weight on you feeling like you're not doing enough, that you're not being enough, that you should have done something differently, that you could have done this if you had just found a way to find more time in your day. (laughs) Oh yeah. Right. Um, And so I think it's a topic that is forever going to be ingrained into the culture of every mom in the world, because it's something that we internalize ourselves. It's not anything that anybody ever puts on us. It's for some reason, we're just so hard on ourselves. Um, and yeah, mom guilt is a, it's a real, it's a real deal. (laughs) And I know this ties in with comparison because for me, I know the mom guilt creeps in more commonly or more often when I see other moms on Instagram, only showing the positive sides or only seeing moms out in public with their kids, seeing the positive, only the happy moments. And then I start to compare my, my bad moments to their happy moments. Yeah. Isn't it interesting too? Like when it comes to comparison, like again, Instagram is probably the worst we're seeing highlight reels. And I think it's gotten better recently, right? I think more and more people are still are trying to show like the authentic unfiltered view of life. And that's good. I try to like root that on every time I see it. I'm like, yes. Um, but we still have a tendency to look at what someone has curated for their social feed and think that that's their whole life, that we missed the mark somehow when we still have toys and dishes and laundry piling up. And for some reason, all of a sudden we equate that one pretty picture on someone's feed to I'm not enough. I'm a mess. I'm a failure. (laughs) What's wrong with me? Um, and it's interesting. I don't find that entrepreneur women do this as much. Um, but someone else's success is not a measurement of your worth and your success and your value. But for some reason we get trapped in this concept of she has a win, which means I'm failing. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've Why been, is that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It, I would think that it has something to do with how we are raised as little girls in general and that competitiveness where maybe we weren't not feeling good enough. And it became this situation where like the boy we had a crush on chose another girl instead of us, or we were picked last. At least that's where I think it comes from for me. And so I had to work through that too. Cause I was doing that too, where there was this maybe like six months ago, I had to unfollow a bunch of people on Instagram because I was seeing their successes and like getting angry at myself and angry at them. 
And so I had to just stop following them for a while. And now I'm finally in a better place where now I see that as what it should be as an inspiration. Like they can do that. That means I can do it too. So more positive way to look at it. Yes. And that is something that I I do teach. Like I have a masterclass that's coming out. Unfortunately, it's going to be coming out before this podcast episode airs, but Hey, if it's a success, I'll do it again. Um, but we talk about this term toxic comparison, right? Like when you look at somebody else's wins, when you look at someone else's life and all of a sudden it means again, that I'm not worthy, I'm failing, I'm doing something wrong. Um, that's a toxic cycle that you can get in, right? The grass isn't always greener on the other side, people. Um, and so one of the things we talk about is if you notice that you're triggered by a person or people find a way to mute them, turn them off, unfollow them. I have certain coaches that I'm connected with who I adore. I love their message. I love the work that they're doing, but for some reason there's like two in particular, every time I watch what they're doing, like my mind starts playing tricks on me and I know it's happening in the moment and it hasn't just happened once with those particular people. And so I've had to go through and mute them which if you didn't know on Instagram, you can mute people instead of unfollowing them. And then, and then you can go back and like check them out later if you want to, but even I've had to do that. But I think the building, the awareness that, Hey, this is happening. And knowing that again, recognizing that their wins don't mean that you're failing. (laughs) Like it's weird. There's no, I would caution you to try to find the truth in that statement. If I looked at you, Kristen, I'm like, Oh, her podcast is doing so great. And I've honestly, I took the whole summer off. That's the thing. Now I'm just going to take every summer off. (laughs) I've decided I, if I looked at you and I was like, Oh, she showed up consistently and had an episode every week during the summer. And I didn't, I'm failing. What's that going to serve me? That's not going to serve me well, like myself, my mental health. That's not going to serve my podcast and my listeners. When I do come back, like there's no truth in that statement. I look at it now. And when I catch myself doing it, I immediately flip the script and I'm like, okay, go Kristen. You're doing amazing. I'm here to support you. Um, It's hard to feel bad about yourself when you immediately switch yourself into a mindset of, showing gratitude and showing support for somebody instead of like feeling bad about yourself. Um, I think as moms, I think the easiest way that we can use an example for this is when we're sad and we're upset about something, but then we see our kids sad and upset about something immediately. Like in that moment, you forget about your sadness and you care and tend to them. Right. And so try to put yourself kind of in that emotional state too, is when you're feeling bad about yourself because you saw something for somebody else's success or wins immediately put yourself in their shoes and be like, okay, I'm going to celebrate with you because you deserve to have support and like be able to share this win. Like, I want you to share your wins because I want to know what's possible for me. Um, do it as if it's one of your kids (laughs) and it's easier, I think, to kind of flip the switch in the moment then. And I think with that too, it can help if, you're celebrating yourself because I feel like if you're only celebrating other people and never celebrating your own wins, no matter how small, it can definitely feel hard to celebrate others because you're not celebrating yourself. Yes. That's why when I'm working with my clients, I love Voxer. Um, If you're not familiar with Voxer, it's just a free app you can get on your phone. It's kind of like a walkie talkie. You just 
text and voice message it back and forth with each other. But I like that because we end up working one-on-one, like in the moment when they're going through a a struggle. And then when I hear that they've had that aha, that like pivotal switch go off right there in the moment, I'm immediately in there, like sending them gifts. Is it gifts? Gifties? I never know. It's (laughs) Jeffrey. Like, oh, it's easier to just type it out. (laughs) (laughs) You guys know what we're talking about. I immediately send them those like little celebratory like pictures and like voice messages to celebrate because they'll forget. They'll immediately glance over the moment and try to move on and we'll only try to celebrate the big ones. So like, no, 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 you have to celebrate the little wins. Like, yes, I got the laundry done today because it's been sitting there for a week. Oh my gosh. Like be happy. (laughs) Yeah. And that's why I try. I try. I don't do it every day. Do gratitude. And I know some people are against gratitudes because they think it's like toxic positivity. But for me, I like doing gratitudes because it forces me to take a look at my day, no matter how frustrating or challenging it was and say, okay, what is like, I try to go for five. Sometimes it's very hard to find five, but I say, what's a few things in the last 24 hours that I can truly be grateful for, no matter how small to try to flip that mind, my mindset and how I'm looking at things. So even if my children were horrible, and it just was the worst day ever. If I can still find a couple things to be grateful, it helps me keep that outlook going, that hope, the faith that things will still get better. And they're not always going to be as crappy as a day as it was. Yes. And I actually have a term for that. So toxic positivity for anyone who's less familiar with it. It's when, no matter when something feels hard, you try to focus on like just the good, right? Let's ignore all the bad that's happening. Like, okay be positive, be happy, rainbows, sunshine, everything's great. Um, and that's not good because then you're ignoring the fact that there are challenges, that there are hard things that sometimes need to be faced, right? You're you're kind of being like passive with it. Um, radical optimism is what I call it. And so radical optimism is recognizing that things are going to be hard sometimes. Like, let's just admit when things are hard. So that way we can get the support that we need in those hard moments. Um, but radical optimism means that I have hope and I have trust that in the end, things will be okay for me. Things will work out. I trust that myself, my spouse, our family, we're going to be okay at the end of the day. Um, and let's just admit that this is hard and figure out what we need to do to get through this together. Yeah. I like that term a lot. That's a much better term. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, cause I did, I, I like searched for a while to try to find the right phrase for it. Because again, like so many people, I think I was getting feedback, even on my Instagram feed, they're like, Oh, it's always so upbeat and so positive. And I was like, I need to start showing more of the hard moments. I think, cause I think people are equating me to being like a toxic positivity feed. <laughs> like it's like, I didn't want, I didn't want it to be like that. I, I have a lot of rat- radical optimism about life. Uh, but things are hard this year, especially has been extremely hard. Um, and I'm trying to be a lot more open and transparent about those hard moments. And I think, yeah, that's a good piece of it too. It's like finding the balance between complaining too much and like revealing all the bad and staying only positive, like finding a balance between the two, which is what real life is. Hopefully. Yeah. 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 It is. So if there's like me or another mom listening and she's experiencing like the worst mom guilt, where should she start to work through that? Yeah. And mom guilt. 
So I spent a little bit of time. If you can't tell already in this episode, I like to research <laughs> things. I, I go down a rabbit hole and figure out like what, where did this all come from? So it's interesting because guilt, if you look at the definition of guilt, it's admitting that you did something wrong, but mom guilt, we didn't necessarily do anything wrong. Like we might have mom guilt because if you're a working mother, for example, you have guilt for working and not being home and present with your kids. If you're at home and present with your kids, you might feel guilty for not having a career, um, or focusing more time on your career. There's we, oh my goodness, we feel guilt about anything and everything. Sometimes it feels like, yeah. So one thing I like to do for a reframe on mom guilt is to remember what motherhood is. And this is something that I forgot early on is motherhood is a relationship. It's not just, it's not a role. It's not a job that you have. It's a relationship that you have the opportunity to nurture. I learn so much by being present with my son, by engaging with him, by seeing the world through his eyes. It's another relationship that you have, just like the relationship that you had to nurture with your partner or your spouse. Uh, just like the relationship you have to nurture with your own, like, was it paternal family, your birth family? Um <laughs> being a mother is a relationship. And when you start doing that and seeing it as so, instead of seeing it as responsibilities and a role that you have to play. And, and when you think about it as a role, you have to play immediately. You're probably picturing like figures that you've seen right on media growing up, or even recently that you've like your friend who has that Pinterest perfect feed, <laughs> um, right? We, when you think of it as a role, you immediately picture a model, a role model of what you think a good mom or a perfect mom looks like. And surprise, surprise, she doesn't exist. If there's somebody, <laughs> my friend sent me a meme and it said, if there's a woman out there who seems to be doing it all at home, um, an amazing mother has a, an amazing career traveling around the world to do things like she's probably secretly burned out and like losing her, losing her pieces <laughs> behind the scenes. Oh yeah. Um, so one thing about mom guilt is it's easier when you reframe it to, okay, this is a relationship I'm nurturing. Am I giving this relationship the time and attention that it needs? Every relationship does not need your attention 24 <laughs> seven. Um, yes. When our kids are younger, they depend on us for more, but they also depend on us to be able to create environments for them where they learn how to do independent play, where they learn how to interact with other kids, their age and handle social situations, like challenges that might come up. Like that kid took my toy and I want to play with that toy. Like let them kind of figure it out, observe, be there on standby, but mom guilt. A lot of times we feel like we aren't giving enough of ourselves to our kids. We're not doing enough for them. But if you look at it as that relationship, you'll realize you're giving them exactly what they need when they need it. Um, and it, it just, it helps ease. I don't think mom guilt will ever go away for us. We'll always have those moments, but it, it does help. When you recognize like, oh, or <laughs> you have boys, <laughs> I have a boy I'm like, or little boys when we have like this little relationship we're forming with them. I like looking at it that way because that's really what it is. Instead yeah. of looking as, at motherhood 
it's like a job. And I think that's part of it. When you were talking, I had this thing that popped in my head. I read last week that part of the problem with perfectionism is if we were raised in traditional schooling, it was all about, you know, getting perfect grades, some perfectionism, teaching us how to be the perfect employee, getting all the stuff working hard. And when you translate that to motherhood, that can easily go from, oh my gosh, I'm my job as a mother, I need to be perfect at it and give 24 seven to my job as a mother, because that's what an, a real employer would expect. But looking at it as what it is, a relationship, it kind of changes the whole dynamic. Like I think about what do I want my boys to see as a healthy uh, way for their future. If they do get married and have a wife, what she, what they can expect from her, or if they have a daughter one day, how they like just seeing all those interactions of me not giving into them 24 seven. Like when my son was crying because I, he wanted me to come sit with him, but I was making my breakfast. And so I had to keep telling him, I see you. I hear you. I'm making my breakfast after I make breakfast, I'll sit with you and just allowing him to cry and be very upset because I was setting the boundary that I have to take care of myself too. But it was very, I still had the mom guilt creep in while I was letting him cry in that moment. So I had to keep reminding my him, reminding myself, I want him to see what it should be like to have a healthy relationship. Yes. And I love that you've, you use that example of, I'm going to communicate with you what I need right now. I will give you your attention and your time as soon as I do what I need to do for myself, because I need this. Like, and I love that you're already setting up boundaries with your son. I know my son is horrible with understanding <laughs> boundaries. <laughs> That's a topic for another day. Um, no, it's, it's so important for them to start understanding it too, as a relationship. And as long as, again, you're, you're communicating when you're present with them, just like we would with our, our spouses, when we're present with them, they get our attention, right? You're not distracted by like the TV or your phone or, or something else. Um, they just want to know that, that you're there with them and that right. That you'll be by their side and you're there when they need you. And I think for your son in that example, like he was crying and he needed to cry because that's how he was expressing like his want. Right. Like, yeah. Um, and sometimes that's okay. And there's probably going to be some moms listening here. Like, no, you never let them cry. <laughs> you got to tend to them. And that's, that's okay. We, we all have our different approaches, but um, I had to recognize too with my son, cause he's immediately like one of the ones that will go to crying as his defense mechanism of sometimes I need to let him get it out. Cause he's frustrated. And that's his one way at this stage in his life that he expresses it. And so I had to build my own awareness to that too. And then we kind of touched on some for comparison, but if a mom is struggling with comparison, what else can she do aside from muting or unfollowing on social media? Do you have any other tips? Yeah. Um, I think I talked about it just a little bit, but recognizing where the truth and the lies are in these stories that we're telling ourselves. Um, if you catch yourself comparing yourself to someone else's life or someone else's social media feed, or not even like a person, just a, an image that you have in your head of what you think you should be doing, um, try to find where the truth and the lies are within that story. Like if you say, oh, I should have a a clean house. 
no matter what, like staying up at all hours of the night and cleaning my house because it should be picture perfect ready every single day. Like who's telling you that that needs to happen? Like who's benefiting from the extra hours that you're putting in and time you're losing out on rest and taking care of yourself? Because I guarantee you that person is not taking care of themselves the way that they know that they need to. Um, and those are often the clients that will come to me and say, like, I can't find enough time in my day, Mary, to take care of myself. I have this long, never ending list of things to do. Um, and it's because most of those things on that list, like you don't have to be the one doing them or they don't have to get done right now. They can wait until tomorrow. They can be spread out. <laughs> Everybody has the same amount of time in the day and the week. Um, but I say, if something is truly a goal or a priority for you, then set up the boundaries to make it a priority and don't let the other things that can creep into our list, um, become excuses for why you can't take care of yourself. Awesome. Well, do you have anything else you want to share? What are you up to? Where can listeners find you? Yeah, what I'm up to right now is just, I um, have an amazing mastermind group. So I have a couple of women who are working through some strategies like this. They are not mothers themselves yet. However, we're working through like life balance strategies. Um, They have their own businesses that they're starting and growing. So we're working through some of that. Um, I am about to launch a couple of new offers on helping people define simple systems in their life and business. So that's exciting. Um, but if you ever want to get in touch with me, you can find me all over Instagram at mindsetmary or mindsetmary.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you everyone for listening. If you guys had any takeaways that you loved, please screenshot tag us on Instagram And I will put Mary's Instagram handle in the show notes as well. So you can find her and let us know what you thought. And if there's anything else like this that you want to hear more on, because I would love to have Mary back in the future and we can talk all more things around different kinds of empowerment and mindset. Thank you so much, Kristen. Thanks everybody.